been over about a year and a half when we've been traveling. We started on the East Coast, and since then we've visited uh, the South and then mostly staying in the West. And we'll typically stay at one spot for a week or so, and we'll work mostly during the day, and then in the evenings we'll go out and take a hike or something like that and get to see what the area is like around. Just very kind of laid back and kind of enjoying where we are at the moment. Hey, welcome back to Rewilding Parenthood. We're on season one, Told from the Road, and this is our fifth episode. Today, we'll be interviewing Laura and Nicholas Pritchett. We met these guys before we left uh, via social media, and we're super excited to bump into them outside of White Sands, New Mexico, one of Laura and Nicholas's favorite places after traveling the country the past year. They've been on the road, for the past year, towing an Airstream as a family of three. We're gonna talk to them about what it was like to convert it, what it's like to live and work on the road, and why they're really doing this. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Okay, cool. Well, we are a couple miles east of White Sands. This seems like a place that you guys hang out a bit. Um, could you tell us how you got here and, and what you're doing here? Oh, we returned to this spot, actually. It's the first camp spot that we've repeated, actually, since our trip. Um, when we came out here before, we just wanted to check out White Sands. I saw a few photos of it and knew it would fit like our minimal style for photography. And we're just really excited to see it. Um, and this camp spot was good because it was quiet and free. <laughs> we love the free spots. And at the time, we hadn't installed our solar panels yet. So it was a great spot for us to do that. Cool. And you are living in an Airstream. And for anybody that doesn't know what that life is like, could you just give us a bit of a rundown of what your life's like day to day, week to week, and what your travel schedule is? So we've been living in the Airstream. It's about 31 feet long and it's a 1975 Airstream that we completely redid over about a year and a half. And it has one bedroom in the back for our daughter and a little kitchen and bathroom. Um, and so we've been living in this for about a year now. And we've been traveling. We started on the East Coast in Delaware uh, about the end of March of 2018. And since then we've visited uh, the South and then mostly staying in the West, staying in free spots in Arizona, Utah, Wyoming. And we'll typically stay at one spot for a week or so, and we'll work mostly during the day, and then in the evenings we'll go out and take a hike or something like that and get to see what the area is like around uh, where we've been staying. Um, just very kind of laid back and kind of enjoying where we are at the moment. And is that, did you design the trip like that on purpose to be able to stay at a place for a longer period of time, or is that something that you figured out once you got on the road? Um, yeah, we kind of, we knew we wanted to be able to stay at a place for at least like like a week or two and it kind of helps us out with being able to work because if we're just constantly driving like from spot to spot we just didn't have enough time to get work done so a week to week and a half um i think the longest we've stayed at one spot for any time has been about two weeks so we've been trying to go down that route while we've been traveling. So I heard you yesterday saying it, it took a couple years to build this out. So this idea or dream may have been in the works for a few years now. What was the original Genesis moment for, hey, let's buy an Airstream and hit the road or let's buy something and, and leave? Yeah, well, we love traveling. 
Um, but with the schedule we had back in Delaware at home, um, it was you know tied down to the nine to five, and we'd end up with a couple weeks a year where we'd get to you know maybe go to another country or visit another state. But it was never enough, and it was never enough time to really feel like we got to know the area or the people. And we wanted to check out new places where we could potentially live, um, try something new, and this was a way for us to see new places kind of from the back door, spend time um, just in areas that maybe weren't so resorty or, you know, touristy. And this was just seemed like a great way to do that. Um, we wanted to kind of spread our wings and it seemed like a great idea. Had you been connected with anybody that had done this before? Was there any particular inspiration or any particular spots that you wanted to go? Or was this just kind of like, let's just, let's just do it? Yeah, it was kind of a let's just do it. We knew we wanted to go out west. We'd spent a lot of time in California, but missed the in-between. <laughs> so that was an excuse to just see what we missed and take our time. Yeah, we didn't really have anyone like in particular that we knew personally that uh, was either living that way or had done it before. Um, you know, we came across people on Instagram or different blogs that had done it. And that's kind of where we got started, um, was just kind of figuring out like that there are places you can camp for free. So we just kind of followed those people and kind of went from there. And we, since then, like we've kind of met a few of them in real life and they're really helpful with getting us um, kind of like even more information that we needed. Um, but there wasn't anyone in particular when we got started. Yeah, I know um, the past couple of years, Sophie and I, we we were following our open road. I don't know if you follow those guys. They were on a overland journey in a VW Synchro from California down to South America, and they were on their way back, and they've been doing that for about five years, and they would send out their newsletter maybe once every quarter or something, and it would just be littered with 250 photos from Argentina or Guatemala or Chile and I'd just be at work just, you know, <laughs> with the screen open on the side, just scrolling through them going, man, like, why is my life in this room and not <laughs> through that portal over there? And I know they were a huge inspiration for us. So what was what was life like before this, life in Delaware? Can you give us a sense of, was there something, you kind of already touched on it, that, that you wanted to travel more and see something different and maybe find a new place to live? But yeah, just give us a sense of what you were up to before you hit the road. Um, yeah, we both um, grew up in Delaware. Um, we met in high school and we got married a week after I graduated from college. And I also went to school in Delaware while I was from home. So we both lived you know, our whole lives in Delaware. I was working you know, nine to five jobs. So I had two weeks vacation a year. Um, I really liked the company that I was working for. So it wasn't, you know, we weren't looking to get away from anything. It was just that we wanted to see what else was out there. And it was a really good time with our daughter, Sophia. She was three at the time when we left. And so she hadn't started school yet or anything like that. So it was a really good time for us to try to travel if we wanted. And we knew once she started school, it would get a little bit tougher. Um, we'd have to work around the school schedule. So we just um, decided it was a good time to go. and Yeah, and mm -hmm. I think for me, um, I was happy there too. It wasn't running away from anything. It was just, a, I think we felt like we had reached our full potential for that area. It was like, you know, we needed a bigger fishbowl. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we were outgrowing it and uh, it was good. Like it was there for us when we needed it. Our family was close by and that was wonderful. But time to expand, time to to see, you know, how far we can reach and what we can do with new environments. Um, I had a small studio behind our house and 
I was home with Sophia, so it was a lot of juggling, but I would still do painting and photography, and then we would make it work when I had to travel for photography. I mean, it was it was very comfortable. And, it was comfortable. And I think that's part of the reason that we wanted to try something different um, that kind of scared us a little bit. And like, especially with uh, dry camping, like we've been doing, like where we just camp on free land, like we had really no idea how to do that um, when we left, or if we'd be able to make money on the road, or, you know, we just had, there were a lot of unknowns. And so we just decided to just go ahead and try it anyway um, as just a way to kind of make ourselves grow and put ourselves in situations where we weren't very comfortable and you know, see what, what happened, basically. Yeah, we love learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, um, you know, one of the easiest way to do that is to buy a rig and, and hop on the road and yep. <laughs> you can get uncomfortable pretty fast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But you guys, it's not like you just bought this and set off. You took some time to build this out. Could you tell us a little bit about what that was like? and maybe the unknowns of even the decision of going out and buying an Airstream and then coming home and saying, okay, what do we do next? Yeah, that was a huge undertaking too. It's kind of more than um, we realized it was going to be. We started looking on Craigslist. It was around like January, I think one year. It was about a year and a half before we left. And I found one on a Sunday night and I called the person that owned it the next morning and she said, okay, if you can get up here today, you know, I'm not going to hold it for you, but you can, if it's still available, you can have it. So I drove, I took off to work early and we drove up there. It was about an hour away from home. She had two of them for sale. And just as we pulled in her driveway, uh, one guy had just left with one. Um, and so <laughs> we right away, you know, pretty much gave her the money and said, we'll be back in a couple of days to pick it up. And we got it back home. We realized we had to like completely redo it. So we stripped everything out and we had to completely redo the subfloor and new plumbing and wiring and uh, basically rebuild it. And it was a lot different from anything that we had ever done before. I grew up in a family that we have construction workers and my grandfather has a cabinet shop so I've been around construction my whole life. Um, We built our house but I'd never done anything with an RV like this before especially something that has like so many different curves and and metal work. I hadn't really done anything like that before so it was a huge learning experience. So we spent like pretty much every night and weekend for like a year and a half just working on this and looking up YouTube videos of people that had done it before and blog posts. Um, So it was a huge learning experience and while we were doing that we were also um, trying to save up some money for when we could actually get on the road and get up stuff about kind of like where we'd want to visit and I think that year and a half that we actually spent working on this and like actually thinking about and dreaming about when we'd be able to live in it I think that was a really really good chunk of time for us because I think like for me especially like it was something that was definitely you know scary but that time gave me the amount of time I needed to prepare for it I think and so then I was a little bit more comfortable with it once we were actually on the road. Yeah he's always been the more grounded researcher which is wonderful to have when you're the crazy dreamer that's just like hey let's do this that would be so fun (laughs) so it was a good balance and and definitely that time helped us ease into it and also Mm -hmm. I think the more we invested our lives into this dream it was like okay there's no going back like Mm -hmm. we've just got to keep going (laughs) we've got to finish this and just go whenever we got nervous it was just good to commit us to it Mm -hmm. yeah I, i can imagine what it's like to have this dream either sitting in your back pocket or in your backyard or in your driveway and it just looms large before you and you know as the days continue and the months and the weeks and 
I could imagine there's a lot of doubt at moments of like, wait a minute, is this really what we want to do? Is this a good idea? Is, you know, I had this going through, you know, months of quitting my job and no insurance and seeing the, (laughs) you know, the last paycheck come in and then the slow draining of funds. And um, yeah, I think it's it's just really bold to do that. And congratulations for just seeing that through. I could imagine that there was a lot of times, whether it was cutting out a refrigerator or buying a new, you know, thousand dollar refrigerator to put in your airstream. Yeah. I'm like, is this a really a good idea mm-hmm. right now? So you mentioned before you're traveling with your daughter, Sophia, she's four years old. Mm-hmm. What have you seen um, maybe through her eyes? I know she's not here right now, but if she could say anything, what's what's it been like to have her world expand in a way that um, maybe you didn't have as kids growing up. Yeah, it's been really exciting for us. I mean, we had high hopes that this would be the experience for her that would just help her grow and and see things firsthand that, like you said, we didn't get the chance to see at that age. But I feel like she's flourished even more than we expected. Just simple things like wanting to hold a map in the in the back seat in her car seat and kind of trace the route we're going to go through or asking me to read road signs or talk about the history of different areas you know we talked so much about the Oregon Trail <laughs> it was really fun we're like yeah it's an air, airstream it's not a Conestoga wagon but she'd feel like you know she kind of was experiencing part of that you know heading out west and that hands-on just day-to-day time with her has been just wonderful. And was it difficult to make the transition maybe more for you, Nick, I know that I felt this going from working a full-time job to being a full-time parent was a, a little bit of a, I didn't truly understand the depth of what was required to be a full-time parent. And I don't know if you felt that at all, moving into this lifestyle, all of a sudden having these new demands put on you on top of trying to figure out where to park every night. And (laughs) is it safe? Do we have enough gas? Is our electrical working? Or is there a tornado coming? Yep. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's definitely a change, but I think it's been a really good one for me. Um, It's kind of funny because there was a while before we became parents that I wasn't 100% sure like if I wanted to have kids or not but once Sophia came into our lives it was like you know that was the best decision we'd ever made because I mean she's like my best friend now pretty much it's just amazing I love spending every minute of every day with her so it was definitely a difference because you know our lives were so kind of structured around the nine to five job so that was really like the biggest change but I really, I mean, I just, I wouldn't really want it any other way. (laughs) Um, And I think even looking forward a couple years, like once we're, you know, done traveling for a while, I still want to try to be able to work from home because of that. Even if Sophia ends up going to school, like it's just something that I want to be able to walk her to school and pick her up from school. Uh, That's just really something that's important. And I think because of the trip, like I've gotten to experience that a lot more than I would have otherwise. That's fantastic. Would you imagine that you would have had this epiphany? Do you think you would have seen that if you were at home or is this something that's transferred while being on the road? I think that's one of the main reasons that I really wanted to do this trip and live this lifestyle was because I wanted to spend, you know, every day, like in as much time as I could with Sophia. Because it, it is so crazy to see how much she's changed uh, like over these almost five years that she's been alive and I know that you know it's going to go by like the next 10 or 20 years that she's still living at home is going to go by even faster and I'm sure in you know five years she's going to want to spend a little bit less time with us as she's spending more time with her friends and stuff so you know I'm just cherishing these moments that we have. And what about life on the road is it any challenges finding friends or finding routine 
uh, are finding any challenges being a family on the road? Yeah, I mean, it changes. I think it depends on which spot we're in, too. You know, how much is going on if it's a nice, quiet area, but maybe doesn't have so many hiking trails or, you know, the weather's bad. We're really dependent on the weather, which I kind of like. Um, it gives us a little variety, and we're spending more of our lives outside than we did when we were back at home. So that affects it greatly. But I haven't really felt it to be a struggle with schedule. Um, I think that's our child, too. She loves the schedule. Um, we actually had one written out for a little while because she just loves to know, like, okay, we're going to have breakfast, and then what are we going to do next? Like, when is our reading time, and when is our, our hiking time? And so that's been good. Um, and yeah. how about meeting other people on the road? Oh, yeah. I know that one of the first things we realized when we left was, you know, we had so many great friends that were really helped us in the early years of parenthood to show us the ropes a little bit and give us some a new sense of normal even though we you know we might do our annual camping trip and we would feel really comfortable and confident and even go like climb a mountain in the rain and they'd be like no 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 we're just gonna like <laughs> hang out and do a barbecue or whatever <laughs> and we always wanted to take it to like the next level of extreme when we got back home we also felt like we were a little bit under gunned for kind of what we had to do so I don't know if you've met have you met anybody on the road that has helped you feel that sense of community oh people like you <laughs> yeah um yeah again it depends on where we are but we have been in some really great spots there's one that we always refer to uh, in the Tetons. It was almost magical. It was like this community just formed, you know, one camper, one van at a time. And it seemed like there was just such this perfect mesh. Uh, the kids would go out, we'd kind of make a circle and the kids would go out in the middle and just play all day long and share their toys. And um, I never really experienced the community coming together that fast. You know, I, I felt like, especially living in the same place for, you know, our lives before this, we knew everybody from childhood. You know, these were long-term friends. Um, we knew their kids since they were born. But just to come into these experiences where everyone just instantly kind of sets up a neighborhood and that whole, you know, you know meshes mm -hmm. and works. And, you know, I think a lot of trust that you gain, mm -hmm. you know, pretty quickly with people. And yeah, it, it makes me think about, um, like you just said, a lot of trust that's gained pretty quickly. It, I think, I don't know if you feel this as your guard, maybe a little bit more let down on the road, like you're more willing to be vulnerable and open with people just because you might only talk to them for five minutes or you might spend five days with them. You don't really know. But if you like them, you kind of want to like make the most of your time. And there's no point just like hiding your stuff and whatever you got, you know, you can just have like a pretty authentic real relationship with um, you know, whether it's the kids and you see how they do it or the parents. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you find that, but that's just what that conjured up in my mind. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, how about work-wise? I know since we've been next to you guys, we've definitely been inspired by your work ethic and you're definitely uh, making a lot happen, or it seems. So how do you make that work from the road and kind of carve out time for each other individually to work on the projects that you have to do or you want to do? Yeah, we take turns. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. a big thing. There's <laughs> certain times a day usually where Sophia will want to play on something in, you know, independently. She'll do puzzles or, you know, maybe she'll be playing with her doll. You know? And she's right there in between us. So it's not really like she's that independent, but we'll be able to work together and then uh, take turns really for the big stuff. Yeah, we've just been kind of breaking up our day like that where like Laura will work for a couple hours in the morning and um, I might play with Sophia or if we need to run some errands, like we'll you know, go do that. And then in the afternoons or evenings, like I might take some time to do some stuff while Laura and Sophia hang out for a while. So it's just about, you know, kind of 
breaking up the day the best we can. Mm-hmm. Just balance and yep. just kind of being sensitive to each other too and seeing mm-hmm. like who has the heavier workload that day or the deadline coming up. Yeah, and I, I think that's one of the beauties of having an Airstream is the flexibility of having the, the small vehicle to just run out and do that shopping trip to town or the laundry or um, go on that hike with just, a, you know, maybe just half of you, not not the full team. You can leave base camp set up and one, one person can man base while the other team goes out and explores yes we usually do that once or twice a week so um i know we've we've kind of touched on this a little bit but do you feel like either of you have experienced any significant changes while being on the road either mindset or or the way in which you view your life or or i know you mentioned before part of this was maybe looking for a place to live have you found any new truths that you feel like are important and you'll embody in your life moving forward or you are today yeah Mm -hmm. probably just being in so many places and experiencing them firsthand um, versus either something you hear on the news Mm -hmm. or someone you've spoken to used to live there and their their sole opinion of what it was like um that's firsthand experience Mm -hmm. that's what we love i feel like um we're so much more connected to these places that we only dreamed about before now we can know the textures and the smells Mm -hmm. and we'll always be able to refer to that you know in in the future as we hear what's going on in those areas I, i think um like we stayed in a beautiful place on the beach in florida in saint joseph bay and we just loved it so much. And we were recently looking it up just to look at those pictures of the area again. And it had been hit by a hurricane and it was wiped out. And we just felt so much grief. And you, know, you feel that anyway, that empathy when you hear about anything going wrong in a community. But once you've lived there for a few weeks, you feel like you're a part of it a little bit. You own it some somewhat. And so I think it's really just connected us to the rest of the country a lot more than we were before. That's great. It'd make you a better global citizen. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. sure. I was saying the other day, I think the uh, road trip across the country is like a rite of passage for anyone any american absolutely (laughs) i know i've had my fair share but um doing it as a family and without really any agenda allows you to really slow down and appreciate those those places Mm -hmm. um so what about any advice for any families that might be considering this as a move do you have any first steps or rules to live by for anybody thinking about hitting the road um i think the biggest thing is just to try it for a while i mean you know if you don't like it after a month or two you can always go back and (laughs) you know go back to what you were doing but i would just say you know try it and there's tons of resources online Uh, there's a lot of people that have blogs that have done this or are currently doing it and most of the people we've met like they're more than willing to share it like any information that they have. Um, and for me, I, I was just thinking more about patience, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just expecting the unexpected. And, mm-hmm. you know, just for us, we, like I said, we never really had a schedule of you know, how long we were going to stay in each place. We just kind of loosely knew we wanted to go all the way to California and make our way back and, you know, maybe repeat spots that we really liked before or try something new. But just knowing that we're flexible. That's mm-hmm. just saying, okay, you know, maybe today doesn't go how we thought it would. It's fine. We'll start again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think that ability to be flexible is, yeah, it's really important um, because there are a lot of things that happen that <laughs> aren't planned. Um, even with like showing up at a camping spot and everything's full and it's dark and, you know, you're trying to find a place to stay for the night. Um, so you end up sleeping in the parking lot or something like that, which we've done a couple times and it's completely fine. But I think if, if a person is... Uh, if they're easily rattled by when things don't go according to plan, um, I think it'd be a lot, 
harder on them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And how about financially? Have you guys found that it's more expensive, less expensive to live on the road? I think kind of less expensive Mm -hmm. as far as day-to-day costs. Um, And I think too, like we're just a lot more careful with what we buy and what we spend money on. Like we don't really go out to eat very often, stuff like that. We just make choices that I think we're just a little bit more careful than when we were living at home. <laughs> yeah, it's probably mm-hmm. really stirred some good habits for yeah. us too. You know, mm-hmm. just thinking about that because you know we we did have a, a like a budget for to kind of fall back on just in case we weren't able to make as much as we'd wanted to. You know, on the road. But yeah, it's worked out okay. Mm-hmm. Just being frugal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think too, like when we were living at home. Um, when we wanted something to do, like we would just, you know, go out to dinner for the night or go to the outlets and go shopping or something like that. But now if we want something to do, we'll we actually like get to go out for a hike or, you know, go to a, a new town and see something new. Um, so I think like instead of, you know, filling up our time with spending money or doing stuff like that, we're actually like trying to fill it up with experiences. Um, which just helps us save money. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Much more valuable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Valuable in your soul and in your mind and in your wallet. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so we're, I know we're coming to our last days here in, in White Sands. Where, where are you guys heading next? And, and what, what's the next year or two look like for you guys? I, we're heading up towards Santa Fe. So we haven't checked it out yet. And we're really excited to see the town and surrounding areas. So go up there, probably, I don't know, Colorado. We kind mm-hmm. of make our decisions like maybe a week in advance. So <laughs> you're asking too much. Right now. Yeah. No, but we probably will spend a few more months on the road. Mm-hmm. And then we're considering possibly selling our house investing in another area Mm -hmm. um and ultimately remaining set up in a way that we can still travel for a good portion of the year if we do resettle Mm -hmm. in you know home yeah nick i heard you say before you were um just investing some of your time while on the road and re-educating yourself in a new career path so you could be more mobile and and work from home so i think that's that's a really smart way to use your time while you're on the road yeah it was um that has been a, a huge benefit of being able to just have that time um, where I, I didn't have to focus on work so much during the day, um, where I could kind of like reevaluate what I wanted to do, like with the next step in my career or whatever. Um, and knowing how much I love working from home now, just because of this experience, you know, I just wanted to find anything that I could do that would be able to allow me to do that into the future. So working really hard on teaching myself web development. And so hopefully that's the, the direction that I'll be able to go for the next couple of years. Cool. Um, all right, guys. Well, anything else you, you feel like you want to share? Anything we didn't hit on? I don't think so, but we're just honored you asked mm-hmm. us. Thank you. <laughs> I'm happy that our paths crossed mm-hmm. out, yes. out here in, in such a beautiful spot and a spot that you guys know really well. I think uh, clearly it's had a big impact on your art and photography and and the fact that this is the only spot you've come back to on your journeys, clearly, it's it's pretty special for you. So you helped us to maybe slow ourselves down a little bit and, and just park it for a couple of days and, and <laughs> yeah. not just rush on to the next thing and, and think we have somewhere to be because we really don't. All we have to be is right here. <laughs> yeah. Nice and mm-hmm. slow. Yep. And definitely all the best to you guys on your trip. And you know, hopefully you guys have an amazing time with it. Thank you, guys. So that was a little bit about Nicholas and Laura. These guys are coming to an end of their trip, heading back to the East Coast. But you can follow their stories on Instagram at ByTheBrush or Nicholas Pritchett. We'll have a bit of a break before we launch our second season, which will be coming out probably within the next month. 
We'll keep you posted on that. Thank you so much for listening to Rewilding Parenthood. It was produced on the road by Afuera Vida. We have music by Tomas Tirel, and we have sound and editing by Mercedes Riva. Thanks so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope to have you back for season two, which will be announced soon. Stay tuned on at Rewilding Parenthood on Instagram. Thanks so much, and see you all in a month.